1: I just say before we start. No, no, that's a ridiculous thing to say. We have started, but um, we don't usually preempt who we're going to interview. Although it's pretty obvious if you download it, you can see who we're going to interview. But we're going to interview Tim Watson Munro, uh, who is a. Uh, a What is he, Ivan? He's a clinical forensic, uh, criminal forensic psychologist or something. And he's been all over the news about the disappearance of this uh, woman in Ballarat called Samantha Murphy. And uh, he profiles what uh, makes people do the things they do. That's what he does. He's been all over the news. So we thought, how topical that we interview him, so we're going to interview him later in the morning. Uh, That's Tim watson Munro, not to be confused with Tim Watson, who played football for Essendon and had the Brownlow medal taken off him for the most disgracefully stupid, corrupt and immoral reasons ever, but that's the way the competition was run, uh, under the auspices of uh, some people who are not there anymore. Now, um, also, you might remember... Last week I said we were going to have um, a person on called uh, Heidi Victoria and I thought uh, at nine o'clock when she didn't turn up I thought well that's interesting. Uh, She said she was going to turn up and it got to half past ten then it got to eleven and I thought well there you are. Uh, So, um, I looked at the text uh, that I uh, had sent to her, and I thought, yeah, that's the time and everything, and I said, I'll get back to you with the details later about where it is, and um, of course, I never sent the text, it was still on my phone, so... I was about to berate, not berate, I was about to take... Uh, 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 I was about to just say, that's extraordinary. Uh, but um, that was my fault. So we did apologise on air and I'm apologising now face-to-face with Heidi Victoria who is sitting here opposite me. Let me tell you who Heidi Victoria is. She was a Liberal member for Bayswater in the Victorian Legislative Assembly from 2006 to 2018. She's a professional fo- prof- professional photographer... And she's in here today to be at a female. I presume she's a female. You can never be sure these days, but we're taking it on face value. I'm looking at her. She's a female. Uh, we're taking it on face value. She's a woman. And we thought that would be good to have um, um, another gender, besides uh, Sue Stanley OAM, uh, another gender on the panel. So welcome, Heidi.
2: Am I a token female today, Sam?
1: Well, no, if, if you just heard what I said, Heidi, I said we have uh, Sue Stanley OAM. No, uh, she's a female. I've she g- I have no experience to tell you. Uh, I'm going to
3: wish you luck right now. If you can ever get a word in, that'd be the say, first thing. You might want to wish, just Sam, good luck. like you've got a
2: former politician here at the microphone. Good morning, everybody.
1: Anyhow, thanks for coming in, Heidi. Um, I, I notice... Uh, I don't know if did you adopt the name Victoria just because you were a Victorian and uh, in a Victorian parliament? because your name was Mi- Mitella her. Mitter-el- her. <laughs> what was your name? Mitna. Mitlina, you were yeah, married to Mr. Mitlina, were you?
2: No, no, that was my father.
1: Oh you're, so you're, my you're maiden name was Mitlina,
2: which is Austrian.
1: I yep. see. And then... And
2: then I married somebody with the surname Victoria. Oh, I see. So I did not change it for the sake of politics. No? which uh, There was a rumour going round uh, when I first ran for Parliament. They said, oh, she must have changed it. But of course I uh, I worked under Ted Bailey and, Ted, yeah. and uh, Dennis Napthine and people like that and when i was naughty which wasn't very often
1: i've got to say but
2: ted used to call me heidi queensland I so see. that was you know he had a wicked sense of humor
1: well i got that completely around the wrong way uh, incidentally um, we read out comments that people make on the social media and we we 99% of them are fantastic but we Don't like to highlight the people who give us a belting because that encourages people to give us a belting because they think they're going to hear their name. But I must say, (laughs) a a bloke called Marcus Ford said, Newman, could you do some research a little better? Because we interviewed, I interviewed Pauline Hanson and I said she was from the United Australia Party (laughs) first and she said, no, I wasn't. I was from the National uh, One Nation or something. And he said... Wouldn't it be good if you could do your research properly so I've just done it incorrectly there. (laughs) I've got Victoria and Mitterong or whatever your name was. What what is it? I got that round the wrong way. So you didn't change it uh, to show that you were a Victorian. You uh, actually married a man called Mr Victoria. I did. Uh, not Mister Australia, obviously. Where is he, Mister Victoria?
2: Oh, Columbia or something, I think.
1: You, you've moved him on.
2: Ah, uh, yes, long time ago. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Mister Victoria, Kept the name though; it was very good. Oh, I know It's <laughs> extraordinary. So, um, what we're going to do is, and Ivan, this is Ivan. Uh, his name's Paul, but we call him Ivan. I won't tell you, you why. That.
2: Is that because you're terrible?
1: It's, it's, yes. Yep, we'll go with that. Uh, right. Well done, Ivan the Terrible. Uh huh. No, the man who used <laughs> to sit in that seat, you the jack. man who used to sit in that seat, Don Scott, who you, Suzanne, spoke to um, yesterday, did uh,
3: The other day, yeah, the two days ago. Day. He's going well.
1: Yeah, and Ivan spoke to him yesterday yeah. about seeing if his house hadn't got blown away. Yeah, Anyhow, blown Don down. is a friend of mine. Uh, you wouldn't think he is, but he is, but we had a <laughs> bit of a... Uh, a bit of a lover's tiff there, and he, he vacated the chair and doesn't come in anymore, but uh, he's welcome to come any time he likes.
2: Is this where you wish him a happy Valentine's Day?
1: Yes. Oh, I could do that. You could. I could Because I, well I could, uh, you can have a mansplaining, what's that called, mansplaining? No.
3: Mets, please. <laughs> <laughs> well, what the hell are you saying?
2: Well, you
1: know, men can send uh, best wishes on Valentine's to your Day to other the men, can't they? That's for your yes, boyfriend. Yes, of course they can. Yeah. Or boyfriend, that's right, he could be. Male me. friend. Male, that's...
2: Sam's getting really
1: uncomfortable. He is,
2: isn't he? You should squirming in your <laughs> seat there.
1: Don up then about what Heidi is there for. Why did I say that? Because I said the man that used to sit there, and then I went on to say, yeah. "Oh, <laughs> Ivan." Oh, well, Don <laughs> <laughs> was going to say so. Don, <laughs> let uh, him get slide. there. Don is as subtle as a uh, anvil in the agates. Uh, uh, I Paul here walked in one day because he lives in the tower that I live in, and he said, "Can I come down and just have a look at the podcast?" So he walked in, and Don said. Jesus, you look like (laughs) Ivan (laughs) Malat. And I said, uh, look like Ivan Malat. So I've called him Ivan ever since. uh. And you have never, ever had that once. Say to me. Previous to Don, and now everyone sees it. Everyone is known yeah. as Ivan Milat. I
2: don't know how many people would know what Ivan Milat looked like.
1: I didn't, and I, I looked. You'd have to look him, him up. Yeah. I looked Ivan Malat up. He looks a dead ringer of him. <laughs> I'm doing that <laughs> when we take a break. Yeah, you he's know a that. dead ringer. <laughs> We're moving right along. Yeah. So that's uh, it. Was Don's great contribution to that yeah, chair? Good. Uh, yeah, I'll uh, see what I can give you. <laughs> well, you'd only have to bring a topic to talk about and you will have blown him into the water because uh, he brought nothing (laughs) uh, besides his uh, warped wit and sense of humour and his uh, fact that he's the most eccentric man I've ever met. But he's a very good friend of mine, believe it or (laughs) not. Uh, So what we'll do now is uh, we're going to put a call in over to Eddie Maguire in, I think he's in Dallas, Texas, where... um, I, I remember this when this happened in 1963 when Lee Harvey Oswald was Oswald was reputed to have shot John F. Kennedy on the grassy knoll or wherever, I don't know what it is, but I think uh, that was in 63. I remember it, I was at school when I the news broke. Do you think Harvey Oswald did it? Not at all. No. No, and I think uh, no one else thinks, but they won't. They've suppressed all the information, uh, but who knows, uh, the conspiracy theory. So we're going to ring him now and see, hopefully he answers the phone, so so you can put your headphones on. And uh, this is where I hand over to my uh, technical producer, uh, Suzanne Stanley OAM, because if it doesn't work, uh, we get pretty ticked off. Uh, So here we go. Hello. Oh my God, it's worked. Eddie Maguire, uh, this is Sam Newman, one of uh, the people you uh, worked with for a number of years. Uh, you're on live <laughs> on the podcast. I've got Heidi <laughs> Victoria sitting opposite me. I've got Ivan, uh, who's sitting opposite me, and Suzanne uh, Stanley, Is we're all listening to you. And we thought we'd put a call into you, Ed. And ask you why you're in America, how it's going, what's happening, where are you going, how are your kids, and how did you like the Super Bowl?
0: Well, uh, thank you, Sam, for the uh, notice on this, of course. But uh, <laughs> you wouldn't actually, you wouldn't actually believe where I'm, I'm actually standing. And I know people think this is made up, but you've just pulled through to me. I'm actually standing right where Abraham Sapruda was standing on the 22nd of November 1963. Abraham B? You may B. remember Sapruta's, Sapruta, as in Sapruta's film, where he was the only person who had the vision of the assassination of John F. Kennedy. I'm standing in Dallas, Texas, as we speak. About oh. 10 metres in front of me is a cross in the road where John Fitzgerald Kennedy was assassinated. I'm currently looking up at the sixth floor of the Texas... School Book Depository, where Lee Harvey Oswald allegedly fired three shots, well, the shots that rang around the world. You wouldn't believe it. And I'm just standing, Sam, as, as you rang, <laughs> reading a an excerpt that is on a uh, a memorial here of uh, what John F. Kennedy was going to deliver in about half an hour afterwards. He was on his way through the presidential parade and then onto a a uh, political meeting, as Heidi would understand, which was, you know. <laughs> Uh, all the big donors, and he was going to say this, and it's I've only read this for the first time, just when you were reading, and I was trying to take a photo of it, which was while the phone was in the hand, to be perfectly honest, and it says, quote, We in this country, in this generation, are by destiny rather than choice, the watchmen on the walls of world freedom. We ask, therefore, that we may be worthy of our power and responsibility, that we may exercise our strength and wisdom and restraint and that we may achieve in our lifetime and for all time the ancient vision of peace on earth, goodwill toward men. That must always be our goal, and the righteousness of our cause must always underlie our strength. Well, for as written long ago, accept the Lord, keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. John Fitzgerald Kennedy, what he was about to deliver in Dallas at the trademark later that morning on the fateful day of November twenty second, nineteen sixty-three. Those words maybe the reason why they assassinated him. Well, wouldn't it be great if someone had
1: acted on those words from the day he was going to mention them until the present day?
0: Well, you would have thought, Sam, but maybe that was why there were certain uh, elements who were quite keen to get to Vietnam and do the opposite of which. Uh, So many of the conspiracy theories come together. It's quite amazing. But just to to finish on that, it's it's amazing to stand here because you've seen the film so many times. Earlier today, I was in a... uh, a car that uh, was, was taking us on the tour of the city and they slowed down as we came through Dealey Plaza and then accelerated just as it did in the film and I've never had goosebumps go through me so no. much. It was quite incredible. Uh,
1: I, just before Heidi uh, just asks you something, I, I don't want to date myself, if you'll pardon the expression, but I was lying <laughs> in a dormitory at uh, the school I went to in 1963 and heard heard the news uh, come over a transistor radio I had in 1963. Oh. So uh, yeah, amazing you remember where you were at all the great times when Kathy Freeman won the gold and when uh, uh, when Kennedy was shot and all and when they st- on the moon. I remember watched that in a pub in Geelong. So uh, here's this is Heidi
0: Victoria and, Ed and and Sam and of course September 11 we were together on that fateful oh, day as well. Absolutely I mean, you, you were. You put a dinner on on my behalf after my house was burnt down the day before.
1: That's correct. With Nathan Buckley, Mick Malthouse, you and me and our partners.
2: It sounds like an all-star lineup to me.
1: Uh, This is Heidi.
2: Ed, hello. It's It's, uh, lovely to hear your voice, and it's uh, I'm actually surprised that you never went into politics because when you were delivering that speech if you like off that plaque it sounded just like frank your brother who of course i served with for many years in the legislative assembly here in victoria and uh he gave some amazing speeches what that man came yeah. up with and what came out of his mind truly quite genius sometimes
0: yeah well sadly they didn't act upon some of the great work that he had uh, otherwise maybe we would be in a better position in victoria but uh, that's for another day but uh no, no, no interest in that, Heidi. But I am interested in bringing back some of the uh, pearls of wisdom that we've been able to accumulate over here, guys, uh, at the Super Bowl, which is why we're ostensibly here on on route to visit my son in Ohio. But uh, some interesting things, and and it's good that you're there, Heidi, and uh, and also Sue, as an international sports person, and that is that I'm really worried about Australia at the moment. That. Uh, what is going on with the Brisbane Olympics, having had the longest lead time of any Olympic Games, that they're going to fritter it away and that they're thinking about painting the seats at the Gabba as some sort of play of going forward for an Olympic stadium, having been to what I've seen in Las Vegas and two years ago at SoFi Stadium and the Spear in Las Vegas. The, the, the absolute jump forward of what we've seen as far as entertainment and sports entertainment and with Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey, the collision of pop culture and sport is only going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. The ratings over here for the Super Bowl, with all that happening, is the second biggest rating in American history behind Man Landing on the Moon, which you probably remember where you were as well, Sam. (laughs) And uh, it's, it's quite incredible, yet we are still bumbling around, reminiscent of when Sir Avery Brundage had to come to Melbourne to whack some heads together in 1955, We threatened to take away the 56 Olympics from Melbourne because they couldn't decide on Princess Park or the MCG. Finally, we got there, and we've all gone through the hoo-ha of Sydney 2000, and to watch it all happen again, it's quite incredible. But the stadiums these days and the acoustics and the experience is quite incredible. So I I pose this to you, Heidi, because at some stage, we'll get all the politicians and we'll get the, uh, the, the, uh, the accountants and all those who sit on boards who... You know, Place safe all the time. Um, we're gonna to have to do something at MCG, and I kept talking about putting a roof on it. Now, could you imagine if the Taylor Swift concert was yesterday in Melbourne, what that would have looked like, and the ridiculous nature of what we're looking at by not having twenty-four-seven climate-controlled stadia to be able to take us forward in the twenty in the twenty in, from twenty twenty-five to twenty fifty-five.
2: Yeah, but how many have we got that, that, at the moment in Melbourne? Two, three. I don't go to that oh, many, how many you sports need? things. Yeah. Well, you should. Uh, it's a great drive. Our, uh, <laughs> I'll client. take you to the uh, and, to uh, the art sometimes.
0: Yeah, I go to that as well. You can you can <laughs> do both. And uh, but the, the, the point I'm making though is we've got a chance for Brisbane to actually step up and step forward. And uh, unfortunately, at the moment, what we've got is a situation of people who've been appointed for good or or, or whatever reasons. We don't seem to be able to get their act together while the rest of the world is galloping ahead from us, Sam. And I just, I do worry a little bit at times that sometimes we get a little bit caught up in our own private Idaho down in Australia and we're missing the lead on where the world's going.
1: Oh, we've probably taken, uh, our credibility's taken a bit of a belting after the uh, debacle of the Commonwealth Games. Uh, that's, uh, people will be looking at us and thinking, what in the hell's going on down under? But Ed, you're quite right. If that had, if, if... um Taylor Swift had been performing yesterday at the MCG. I drove home from down the coast in torrential rain and thunder. This is after it was 38. Uh, it it was, went from 38 to torrential rain and thunder, and I thought, imagine if that had happened uh, when... Uh, well, it still might, of course, on son, next Sunday and Saturday, but uh, <laughs> imagine if that had happened.
0: Well, Sam, you know, to Heidi's point, you said, Blood, you know, you ever not about going into politics... I wrote a a prime minister's speech when I was in grade four. But uh, the reason is the frustration involved, and I'm sure Heidi felt this at various stages as well. But, you know, we saw yesterday Melbourne, uh, you know, collapse with the power and all that sort of thing. Now, in 1983, when Ash Wednesday came through, and similar again when Black Saturday came through, the major headline in both royal commissions were power lines. What do we see yesterday? We just averted another... Uh, disaster as the power lines again melted down and fell down, put everyone out of out of power but the, the potential for the catastrophe now nineteen eighty three Sam. <laughs> I was in the newsroom as a as an eighteen year old and I remember at the time saying, Oh, we can never let this happen again, yet we keep repeating the same thing over again. That's the first hot day we've had over the last few days. you know we've all been waiting for it, and uh like plot when it comes around again so yeah, I'm a bit disillusioned when I come over here and see people really stepping up and stepping forward, you know, having left Melbourne behind where, you know, things have uh, are really grown to hold in the, the negativity around people. I, I want to come back and get people fired up and, and let's get going again because we need to keep our country going forward. But yeah, I'm a bit worried about what's going on in Brisbane.
1: That scares the hell out of me, to be honest. So, Ed, um, it's speaking of uh, great events, I'm I'm um, I'm a bit ambivalent about the uh, Super Bowl, but that uh, and the game. But that's it's just only me. You were there. I you were there with Xander. I you was want, there. Yes, and uh, yep. just tell us. Uh, Was it uh, great? Did you enjoy the game? Was the entertainment good? Why did we have two? I think we had a black national anthem. Wait till that happens here. If you want
0: to divide the country,
1: start singing a black national anthem over here along with the real one uh, and see how that goes. How did that go over?
0: Well, uh, the the national anthem went over well with uh, Reva McIntyre and then Post Malone's version of... uh uh, America the Beautiful was fantastic. Um, I probably missed the uh, the Black National Anthem going through. I just uh, thought it was a song. I, I didn't recognise it until I read about it the next day, to be perfectly honest. But the, the build-up to it was just enormous. Uh, again, the stadium only had 61,000, but it was absolutely beautiful sight lines, uh, the screens, the audio-visual. Um, it, you know, everything about it was just fantastic. It was a four hours of just a a, a constant assault on the census. Now, they need to do that because there's so many uh, timeouts and advertising timeouts, and why wouldn't you have an advertising timeout at $9 million at a 30-second commercial? Um, But uh, it it was just fantastic, and the build-up to it now, it's quite interesting. And again, uh, Heidi, I'd like you to jump in on this one, but um, two years ago, the National Football League, the, the head of Gridiron America, Roger Goodall, had it banned that you couldn't even mention Las Vegas. Failures put a shot in any commercial. They didn't want to have anything to do with it so clean was their reputation. And, of course, now with the instigation of betting and uh, bookmaking, particularly on sports right through the country, two years later, suddenly he's calling Las Vegas, Nevada, Sports City, USA. And uh, it, it's just been really interesting to see, as I said, that collision between whether it's gaming, whether it's uh, 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 pop culture with uh, Taylor Swift and all that halftime entertainment. And and Sam, just going back to that, you might remember it's only five or six years ago that they couldn't get anyone to perform at the halftime at the Super Bowl because of all the Black Lives Matters. And they went to Dr. Dre and did a commercial deal with him. And that's why you see so many black performers now being there and uh, the, the, the level of uh, of artists you know, going through the roof again. So it, it's interesting. There's always politics within politics and deals within deals when you watch these things. So,
2: and it, it so. also comes down to money talks.
0: Yeah, well, that's, that was it. You know, they uh, they were able to do a deal with Dr. Dre, and I'm sure it was uh, quite beneficial for the doctor, and uh, the doctor delivered. And uh, so, you know, we've got back to it. But, they, you know, I think uh, Maroon 5 one year uh, at one of these Super Bowls you know, we basically dragooned in to do it at the last minute because no one else would come near it. So it was quite interesting to see all that type of thing. But, uh, yeah, it was an amazing spectacle, Sam. You know, you've got Paul McCartney in the audience and Justin Bieber and all these uh, pop superstars everywhere, actors. Um The sports itself was just fantastic. And then, you know, the fact that the uh, Kansas City Chiefs were Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and, and the, the rest of them were just magnificent on the day. And it was... Yeah, right down to overtime to get the result. You couldn't get any better in sport. It was it was fantastic. So many great things to take away from it.
1: And did you feel um, it was there? Um, did you feel safe? And was there a lot of uh, uh, there was a lot of warnings about this uh, Taylor Swift concert coming on here about scamming the tickets and people rolling people over and pinching. Them. Was it, How was the security over there?
0: Sam, you wouldn't have known. It was like going to the easiest day you have ever been to anything in Melbourne. Uh, it was so smooth and, uh, you know, the, the downloading of the tickets onto the phones, et cetera, uh, it worked like clockwork. At no stage, I even think for one second about safety, uh, it was absolutely seamless. And uh, inside, you know, they've, they've worked out how you do this now so that you don't have, have to have... Uh, it seems to difference for so example, you've got to have 1,700 people for a seventy-five thousand capacity mcg for a game of that of that size to just fill the drinks and sell the chips now it, it worked it out i mean last year we were in trouble at various stages when we just couldn't get any people to be there what they do now is they've got it to, where you just walk up tap on go through grab what you want to grab walk straight out no no uh, cash register at the end and it's just easy seamless and everyone's happy and uh, do you, you like the game? Yeah, I love it. I, I love the game. I hosted it back in 1998, Sam, so as you might remember. Yep. I took it out from Don Lane hosting it nine, So well, I'm into it. And clearly my son plays it these days. Yes, so we're getting on, getting on to, to him in a minute. On what's going on.
1: You might be over there <laughs> next year. Oh, well, I don't know how it all works. <laughs> I don't know how the university system works uh, as opposed to the uh, NFL. But uh, you might be over there watching him punt the ball at some stage, Ed. <laughs>
0: Well, hopefully for, for Ohio State, uh, uh, I've uh, said to people over the summer that the last three games of football I've been to, not including the Super Bowl, the small, smallest crowd was in fact the AFL Grand Final. That's our big college footballers. <laughs> yeah. um, the last game I went to see him played was in front of 110,615, which is one of the biggest rivalries between Michigan and, or as we say, that team up north, and Ohio State, and yeah, you know, twenty-two and a half million people watching on the television on CBS. It's for the college football. It's quite amazing, and uh, you know that uh, where Joe is at Ohio State, their football program alone has got a budget of one hundred and sixty million US per season. So, you know, it's a whole different category altogether.
1: Now, now I presume Ed, you're still on the uh, Victorian Special Events um, uh, Committee or panel, are you? Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's yeah, so. the, uh, the, the brother of Heidi. It's Visit Victoria, not Heidi Victoria. Uh, well, well, well so,
1: so have you uh, now got uh, things that you might implement for a Boxing Day test or a grand final or another big sporting event at the MCG, having been and seen the Super Bowl and what goes on there and all the hoopla? Bring some uh, things well, Sam, back.
0: Yeah, you know, I think the main thing we need to do is get our infrastructure right. And, you know, you can take a long term doing on these And you can also get a combination of, of, uh, of, of, you know, international money coming in to build these things if we don't want to do it that way, if we don't want to be leaning on the government purse all the time and work it through. I mean, it, it, you can actually get the best of all worlds if you think about it. But what we can't do is just go, oh no, this is the way we always do things because the world has changed. So certainly, you know, the big thing you take out of it, I, I, I say this, all the time and basically if you've got a stadium that was built before Wi-Fi you may as well be in Noah's Ark um, it, it's just so out of touch on everything's going so AI is going to play a huge role in, in media and sports um, as I said the technology, what people will expect um, you know, climate change whether you believe it or not yeah, let's just call it the climate it's, it's happening around us, uh, you know you're not going to be turning up to the MCG on Boxing Day like we all used to and hope it rain, doesn't rain if uh, Channel 7 and Foxtel are spending a, a billion dollars on TV rights. You're not going to stand out in 40-degree heat for eight hours playing cricket. You're not going to turn up... You know, we keep saying to Tasmania, for example, you've got to put a roof on your stadium down there because we want it to look like it's first-class football, not uh, Penguin versus New Norfolk. You know, yep. people say, oh, it doesn't rain as much. You know, well, you can still see polar bears from there, you know. The next stop is Antarctica. For God's <laughs> sake, come on, get on with the program. It's mm. It's more to mm. it, and people... People are not old-fashioned anymore.
1: They're looking forward, not backwards. Just for our, uh, just for our uh, people who are ge- into the geography of the world, uh, you won't be seeing polar bears down at the Antarctic. Ed. They'll be up in the North Pole. But I get your, I get right. your point. now, now Ed, Ed, yeah. uh, Ed. Yeah. Um, who did? How did you? Where? How did, you, how did you, the tickets? They said started at. Uh, this could be apocryphal, but they said they started at six grand and then went to twenty grand. If you wanted a box which uh, was catered and I don't know how many people had held, it was two and a half million dollars. I don't know if any of that's true or not. But where did you sit? And who did you sit next to? And uh, what, what, what was what was what was? How did you get well, the tickets?
0: Well, there's. Uh The six grand ones, I would have liked to have found them. Um, No, your money's right on the buzzer, and and that's US, by the way, too. Um, So that's that's turbo dollars, uh, not the peso. And um, (laughs) so, yeah, that was pretty much right, Sam. Um, I was sitting behind the end zone, level one, magnificent view straight up the ground. Um, I actually bought my tickets. It was Craig Hutchison, who has ballpark entertainment. Um, I have... Connection's actually was lucky enough to be invited to host the NFL international function at the uh, Caesars Palace before the Super Bowl. Um, you so you were to, work uh, over
1: there. what, just this weekend? Yeah. was oh, uh, no doubt about you, Ed. Good God, <laughs> God almighty. That's extraordinary. What
0: he's trying to say, he was on a freebie.
1: <laughs> oh, no, well, I don't know about that. No,
0: but, no, uh, no. Uh, Heidi, I paid. Don't worry, but I'll be looking for the deduction. Uh, LAUGHTER but uh, uh, no, it was there so a lot of Melbourne people. Bill Guest was there. Yeah. Uh, Tony Costello, the uh, the, uh, uh, the famous Australian surgeon. Uh, a whole group. There's a, probably a group of about uh, eighty Australians, largely from from Melbourne, who were there and. And plenty of Aussies. So for some reason, the Aussies have been able to get their hands on the tickets. A
1: bit like when we went to the World Cup in 2006 in Munich, Ed. Um, uh, uh, one of the great sporting days of my life when we were sitting with Australians, actually watching Australia play for Australia mm-hmm. in the World Cup, which is the biggest sporting event in the world every year.
0: Well, Sam, mm-hmm. you may remember this situation. You and I were standing next to Colin Hay. Who wrote uh, "I Come from a Land Down Under" yep. with the uh, Men at Work? And uh, we're just standing there. Colin had played on our show. We did the big footy show from over there, and uh, the field was uh, a sea of green uh, or gold, really, because it was Brazil versus Australia. And they're playing all the Brazilian samba music. And then uh, they came up and started playing "I Come from a Land Down Under," and he sitting and the next crowd to us started singing it, and I looked across at him, and he had a tear rolling, and his Danny's cheek, and uh, and I had one going, and you were you, you couldn't believe it. You were no. taking photos, and, and uh, it was a very Australian moment where uh, a boy from Glasgow was uh, singing a song about it down under, being played in Munich against Brazil. It was fantastic.
1: <laughs> Ed, uh, what a fantastic report! Thank you so much. Uh, you you've, um, I, I did preempt uh, I, when I heard we were going to ring you in Dallas, I did preempt that you'd probably be. Uh, On the uh, just looking at the J.F. Kennedy uh, memorabilia and all that. So uh, in case people thought we set this interview up, I just assumed that if you're in Dallas, Texas, that's about uh, what I remember Dallas, Texas, famous for. So it's been a fantastic um, – thanks very much for uh, a very entertaining call, Ed. Uh, Anything else you'd like to add?
0: Yes, I do. There's one last thing I want to add from my day in Dallas, Texas, as I actually walked past the John F. Kennedy Memorial, um, and and walking down into the city, and that is this: uh, Dallas, Texas, was once known as the City of Hate after the assassination of John F. Kennedy. And they worked really hard to to, to make things uh, a, a different. They've got a Thanksgiving Square, and and that's you know pretty wonderful. What I did notice though, and what was emphasised by my tour guide earlier, is that at some stage in life of the of the town of Dallas, Texas, they decided they would be known for the safety in their streets and the cleanliness. And this is as clean a city as you've ever seen. You walk down, there is uh, bins, you know, uh, uh, around the place. There's not one piece of paper on the ground. There's not one bit of graffiti. Um, there's a sense of calm, a sense of security. And I thought about this for Melbourne because of, where it is at the moment, I think it's, uh, you know, I don't think I'm stepping out of line and saying that it's, it's pretty dirty and the, the graffiti has got completely, or when I say graffiti, the tagging and all that kind of seems to have gone nuts. But I think we've got to get back to a pretty, uh, pretty straightforward proposition. is if you stand for something, you stand for nothing. And I think we've got to get back in our city and our state and say, right, what do we actually stand for? What are the standards that we believe in? And what do we want our city to look like? Not rely on, you know, uh, uh, talkback radio or the Herald Sun of the Age or whatever, but what do we really want our city to be and, and take control of our city again in that regard? Now, that might sound heidi's thinking, geez, he's running for office here, but I'm not. <laughs> I actually <laughs> live in our town and I love it. I love our city and I love everything that's positive about it. But I just thought today it was really noticeable to see uh, public art everywhere, um, beautiful architecture, um, but particularly the streets. And the other thing about the streets, one way, trams in one one or two different areas, um, not down every single street, bike paths in appropriate places, and the uh, entry and exit of the city is done in a nice uh, way. I'm walking down the street, you haven't had one car to the tour, no need to.
1: Now, Ed, so this,
0: I think there's some things
1: this sounds like some bullet points for a Lord Merrill run,
0: uh, Ed. <laughs> As I've said before, Sam, I think I'd sooner be the President of Carlton than the Lord Mayor of Melbourne. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Sally will be very relieved. And uh, uh, uh,
1: no homeless encampments <laughs> noticeable in Dallas, Texas, as opposed to a lot of other states in America?
0: Uh, the, uh, again, I asked about this because I was intrigued. There was one little area where there was probably, i say, five people, and what they had done is they said, right, okay, every city will have homeless, but we will actually prosecute the case with the homeless? Are they people who want to live rough? Are they people who have fallen through the cracks in society? Have they got mental health illness that can be cured? Have they got mental health or mental disabilities that are just who these people are? How do we look after them? So instead of just saying let's uh, you know hose the homeless out, they've actually gone a little bit beyond the surface and found out who the homeless are and how they could be remedied. And as a result, they don't have a homeless problem in Dallas, Texas.
1: Ed... It's been fantastic to speak to you, and uh, thank you so much for taking the call. It's, uh, it's Wednesday here at about uh, well mid morning. What? Where are you? What year is it over there? Uh, Tuesday, twenty five past four
0: in the afternoon.
1: All right. Well, you just just about head off to a, just an early dinner, and then repair back to the hotel and have a snooze.
0: I will uh, do exactly that, Sam. It's been a pleasure. Sue, thanks for putting me to the wall with your questioning there. Yeah, no, um, no problem. <laughs> I don't
3: I don't think I ever got a word in or neither could Heidi or Ivan <laughs> Jesus. Well done it's is, is,
1: is Don there? <laughs> Who? Don. No, did you say is Don there?
0: <laughs> no, Don. Don there. <laughs> no,
1: Don. Okay. Don. Don, no, don't Don no, we're Mike? very happy to speak. What about
0: Mike? Where's
1: Mike? I can't hear him. <laughs> no, don't, no. And Rod Law. Rod's not here either.
0: <laughs> They're <laughs> all
3: missing in action.
0: Exactly. I'm glad I'm still with you, mate. There you go, Steve. Nah, long fantastic. term. Thank long you term so much. All the
1: best. Keep safe, Ed. Keep safe. See you, guys. Thanks,
0: will See yeah.
1: you. All right. Now he's, he's off. I presume he's off. Well, um... There's a nice uh, uh, snapshot of uh, what's going on over in the States in Ed's life, and uh, he is a star, that man. Isn't that interesting Uh, about
0: the graffiti? He says about that, no graffiti over there. Well, um... We had a van turn up today, this morning, and decorated full of graffiti.
2: I saw that driving around. And, in fact, one of the things that he talked about was how easy it was to get into the stadium. And I hear this morning on the news that... um, that there's been uh, some of the last minute Taylor Swift tickets that were sold yesterday have actually got (coughs) the wrong sections on them and the wrong levels. So they've got printed on the physical ticket. Um, level 2 or section 2 or something whatever but they've been sent an email can you imagine what it's going to be like at the turnstiles you've got to produce your email you've got to produce your ticket you're not going to know where you're going and, it uh, is going to be a the very shamozzle.
1: sophisticated scammers that are uh, operating and making bogus tickets and that uh, it'll be a nightmare yep. uh, but it won't worry me because I've of great appreciation and admiration for You're not for going for Tay-Tay, I think they call her. Uh, no, <laughs> tay He oh. was
3: planning a picnic outside, but even now that's been banned. No, no,
1: not Can't allowed. Can't even
3: do that.
2: Oh, yeah. yes,
1: you're not allowed to be within earshot of Taylor's Not on the concourse, voice. no. Yep. Oh, this is the world we're living in. This is the state we're living in. It is extraordinary. <laughs> uh, anyhow, we might... We might uh, just stop now and then we'll uh, come back with uh, part two of this and we'll find out why we're all here and what we're going to talk about. I've got a whole lot of things to talk about. Um, just before, uh, before we finish, uh, he mentioned about the viewing audience over there. Yep. So it doesn't uh, – and this would be right because um, American football, the NFL, is a purely a American sport, obviously – so it doesn't rate, but the biggest it doesn't rate in the top ten of uh, audience viewerships, uh, television wide. But that would be obvious mm. when you consider the World Cup is the biggest. Yep. Uh, the second that, that that there's billions watch that the World Cup, billions. Mm. Uh, the second one I think is the uh, believe it or not the Tour de France, ah, uh, because the you, you know it's a universal sport, uh, yep. cycling.
2: A lot of men have sort of fancy themselves in I think in the second one,
1: wait for this, yes. the second one is the Women's World Cup Cricket. Interesting. I, I, I think, in well, wherever it is, that is, we're talking about um, people who actually watch the television and that might be just ahead of or equal with the um, World Cup Cricket. World Cup Cricket final. And then you have, um, I think, the uh, summer and winter Olympics uh, come in somewhere there, and uh, after that, I think uh, you can just raffle them. But uh, but you can understand why the um, NFL does is, uh, I think, only it had an audience of about two hundred million, did it? Uh, Which is extraordinary. But when you consider the billions that watch those other things, but that's not to uh, degrade it, mind you. I I have not a fan of the game. I uh, I why they hype about the athletes? Uh, they couldn't mark, a, couldn't catch a beach ball. The, no, uh, the, well,
2: that's the, why they're getting so many Aussies over there because they could not of their catch skills. a beach
1: ball. And whenever there's a tackle made, they'd. They're built like... Um, um, Steamrollers? Automatons. Uh, they uh, And then whenever they make a tackle, they all high-five one another and they the hoopla and the crap they carry on with. Uh, the only way to watch the game is to tape it. You could not possibly watch um, a three, four quarters of football, which takes six hours to... Uh, you couldn't do it. You have two and a half minutes action and then three minutes of ads. Uh as um, I don't have no idea why it's such an appealing game, but I'm the odd person out. Everyone says they love it. They have no idea what it's about, how it works. Uh, but it's uh, to me, it is the most contrived crock of nonsense I've ever seen. I
2: just couldn't understand the having different players for different things, and you got to take some off to put some on. It's like our Aussie rules footballers are so well-built and so well-trained, they get in there and they give all four quarters and you see these guys and they do something, you know, a little bit
1: fancy and maybe fancy and they're off. As for the – I think the quarterback is the person that throws the ball, isn't he? Ivan? Yes, yes. Yes. The punter just comes and punts. But as for the the quarterback, okay, what a very skilful man who – a person, no, they're men – and can throw the ball uh, just – Pinpoint accuracy over a hell of a distance. Uh, other than that, uh, what uh, the skills of the people who try and catch the ball after it's uh, how How many times do they not catch it or do not judge it? Oh, I've no idea. Oh, well, I haven't any idea. Well, have any. you ever
3: played this? Played it?
1: N- of course, I haven't played it.
3: Well, then how can you how can you make an opinion on that? Because well, maybe there is such a skill involved. Because we grew up on AFL, yeah. or you did. So we understand it, we know it, we can feel it, we know, understand it. But when you watch it on TV, it doesn't look like there's any skill involved, but it, it has
1: to be. What an extraordinarily uh, good statement you've made there, and I'm glad you made it. You said, have I ever played it? I haven't played it, but I've played Australian rules football, and me... Me and everyone else that played the game could mark the ball over their head, even with people running at you. That's just discipline of uh, of courage. Uh, not talking about me, but uh, we could mark the ball. They, unless it actually drops right into their outstretched hands, they have no idea how to catch the ball. Uh, but big they wear gloves. They wear latex gloves that gets with the, like magnets when it gets to within a minute, a, a meter of it. I they might even s- have
2: a chance if they gave me
1: all of that. I, I know. <laughs> so so I, I take your point here. So I've never played it, but. I've never been to the moon either, but I know someone else has. (laughs) Uh, I'd say that if if I, I, I I'd be surprised with with, with, what what about what would you be surprised about?
3: Well, there'd be a lot more skill involved if you really understood it and really understood.
1: Uh, Hang on, hang on. So the come up against him. The the quarterback throws the ball and it spins beautifully, like a torpedo punt uh, Mm. in our game.
2: Well, there's got to be skill there. But I, yeah. d- I said that, yeah, Heidi, yeah, yeah. I, d- I did say. So I'm just thinking that's the skill quarter- number yeah. one. The yeah.
1: quarterback is extraordinarily skillful. I did say yeah, that. You did. Uh, that's What's the g- famous man's name? Hardy? No, the bloody bloke has just dropped, he just finished playing.
2: Is he in with yeah, Laurel?
1: Isn't that- no. No. I mean, oh, come on, Tom, right. Brady. Tom Brady. So is Tom it? Brady's the b- just a man, and the yep. bloke who's taken over is is fantastic. that I've said they're fantastic. So you, so they throw the ball Suzanne they throw the ball like a torpedo punt and unless it actually hits them between the eyes, they they have no idea how to catch it. Because they have big, strong men running at them, but that's the courage of just watching the ball and uh, suffering the consequences. Uh, I've, I have no idea why they say it's so skillful.
3: But we, we grew up, as I said, we grew up with it, so we understand. And we know that AFL is more superior than the NFL. That's just because it's our opinion. But if you go over to America, that's their opinion, and they'll have exactly the same of the skill set over there. So I think until I can, you play I can, I can, the game, I'd like to put you in the suit. Go no, in with Eddie. Sus-
1: I'm not saying I, it's a, we like our game and they like their game. I am saying if you throw a ball at someone here in Australia who is an AFL advocate and devotee, they would catch that ball thrown perfectly to them at one... Well, I well, probably... <laughs> this happened here with um, Tom Brady when he was doing his speech here in Melbourne and he threw it to an AFL person in Crowd, Don't tell me he dropped bossy,
0: it. And he ran, a, he ran across, caught it, and Tom Brady was like, wow, this is amazing.
1: Well, there you are. Well done, <laughs> Ivan. Mean, I'm glad you had that uh, very <laughs> Good nice on you, piece Ivan. of it. <laughs> so, so, no, well, I'm,
3: so, I'm sure there's other fans of so AFL fans, said, other people that missed I'd marking s- the ball.
1: You so, said I'd yeah. like. Uh, you said, <laughs> I'd like to see you... Dressed up in all that gear. When I I'm telling you this now, and I'll I can include Don in there, then, and anyone else that's I
2: love it that he's pointing at me and saying Don because you know it's well, like I, <laughs> I was going to say you know it's like the ghost of anyone Don is still else this that's chair. been a
1: reasonable, not a reasonable anyone else that's played a, a number of seasons of AFL football. In their prime, you could have put one of those suits on uh, and and when uh, Tom Brady threw the ball at you, you'd catch it every single time. Oh, the NFLs are woozers. No, I'm not saying they're woozers, I'm saying they're... ...skills.
0: Like
1: a kicker is a kicker. Yeah. It's the the rules that they play. Yeah.
2: And I'm wondering how easy it is to catch anything when you've got all that padding on your shoulders anyway. I remember the 80s, you know. Really well, like hard to do, do anything with shoulder pads be, that it size. It would be
1: easier because Maybe you that know be. that you, if you're going to get hit, you're going to be protected oh. in our game. <laughs> if you jump up and there's someone running at you, although Ooh, they've yes. dumbed it down now so that, uh, uh, you know. so, so All I mean, the it,
3: tough AFL players in your day. They were actually
1: <laughs> <laughs> they were compared to now. Yeah, I was going to say it's
2: a very different game.
1: Anyhow, now. I'm I'm absolutely <laughs> the odd person the out. Uh, people love it. I wouldn't I wouldn't walk across the street to watch it, uh, but I'm glad people love it. Uh, so there we are. So that's uh, that's that. Um, uh, uh, so we'll come back. Uh, we'll come back after this. That was the great Eddie Maguire, and um, uh, grilled severely by Suzanne uh, Stanley and uh, Heidi Victoria and of course. So that's it for now.